Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. Um, Well, how many of you uh, love, know, and love Quick Trip? Anybody? So I I did follow Tabby, and I happen to know that Tabby is, uh, you know, an an equal. We're 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 aligned in in that regard. So, and uh, Quick Trip is if you're if you're from maybe out of town or, or you're watching online or something, Quick Trip is is uh, is a chain of gas stations. Okay. Um, and, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's so much more. I, and I actually, uh, yeah, there, this is, this is, this is likely to turn into an advertisement very quickly, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I actually don't get my gas at Quick Trip because as Nathaniel says, it is, it is so much more. Um, mostly my, my kids and I, uh, have a tendency to, to live out of Quick Trip from time to time, uh, Eating various foods, and uh, you know, for for myself, drinking drinking green tea, which is great. Um, but uh, you know, Quick Trip is Quick Trip is fantastic. Whenever we're kind of traveling out of town and we see one, we're like, that's that's awesome. We're gonna stop there. Uh, but you know, this summer I spent a few weeks in Colorado, uh, where my family is, or some of my family is. And uh, in June, when I was there, I was driving up I-25. And I saw something that just really made my heart uh, come alive, really. I mean, that's, that's the only way to put it. And, and it was this large red sign, you know, where, where previously there had never been anything like this. In the state of Colorado, there was a quick trip sign going up on I-25 in, in Firestone, Colorado. I was like, this is amazing. I mean, I love Colorado, and now it's going to get better. And it's just... <laughs> It was just—it was just like the best thing ever. So, so I, uh, you know, it wasn't open in June, and I was sad about that. Uh, they were still working out the the last details. But then I was back in August, and it had—I guess it had opened sometime in July or something. And you guys, this is this is like the craziest thing that happened. All right, quick trip rolled in, and there's like they're they're at this corner, right? This is this is like an intersection. Uh, be, you know, between the interstate and this other highway, but there's like really nothing around it other than just like the stuff immediately at the intersection, right? But because it's on this main thoroughfare, there are like six gas stations, okay? Just like in that general vicinity. There's like just tons of gas stations. And Quick Trip decides they're going to plant themselves right there. Well, they started, <laughs> you guys, is gas a little high right now, right? I mean, it's been, especially in, uh, in, in, in August here, uh, beginning of August, it was pretty high. And they started this price war, <laughs> like this insane price war. They came in, and like gas in Colorado was maybe like, I, I don't know, I'm probably making up numbers, uh, but it's something like maybe 380, okay, in general. And Quick Trip came in at like 310, okay? Which is like, yeah, see? You guys, some people who fill up their tanks here, right? And so, so something happened that I've never, I've really never seen before, right? They, they came in and they, and they set their price at 310 and all the other gas stations have to do something, right? They're like, oh my goodness. And so they start this massive price war and all the gas stations are like coming down, down, down. I mean, you know, they're all just like losing money like crazy, right? But they're, they're, they're lowering their prices every day. My, my brother has been watching it this whole time. And he's like, it's the craziest thing. Like, you know, they'll change it in the middle of the day. And then the other stations will have to, like, do it. And it's like just this back and forth. And it's, uh, it's just hilarious. 
Um, you know, and so at the, at the risk of being, uh, you know, sacrilegious and, and in any way comparing Quick, quick Trip to, uh, to, the, to the body of Christ or to the bride of Christ or anything like that, um, I couldn't help but think, like, here's this, and also I've been, I've been kind of dying to talk about Quick Trip from up here at some point. This is, a, this is just a perfect opportunity. Um, but I could not help but think, as this is going on as I'm watching this, it's like, man, when these guys moved in, there was a pretty major impact to the situation that they felt, right? Every, everyone saw it, everybody was excited. There was like, it totally, it totally just changed the game. And I was like, wow, you know, that is, that is pretty incredible. Good job, Quick Trip, you know, way to, way to do that. And I did, I did sneak in there one time for gas. And, um, you know, it's a long line and uh, it, was, it was worth it. I mean, it probably wasn't worth it because I waited like 20 minutes, but you know, it's still worth it in my mind. Um, but they had an impact. And so, you know, we've been in this gifted series and we've been talking a lot about, uh, you know, we've got our graphic there. There's two arrows, okay? And, and we talked about how God uh, gifts us, right? Arrows pointed in. And he's also gifted us outward, right? So there's like the dual meaning there. And we talked about that in the sense that God gives us grace and he also gives us purpose to go out, and that that also goes the other direction, right? He gives us purpose, like he, he gifts us purpose that's good for us, and that he also uh, gives us grace to take out into the world, right? And, you know, as I was reflecting on the series, and this is our, the last week of our series here, um, I kind of felt like we, we've said a few things, right? We've said a few things, I think, pretty clearly, um, one of which is that, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus— you have the vocation of being a full-time minister, okay? We said that really clearly. Um, you have the vocation of being a full-time minister. We've also said that because this is true because of what Christ has done, you are a co-heir with Christ. You have, all, you have accessible to you all the same things that Jesus had accessible from his Father because you are co-heirs with him. And, and that is the reason why you're able to carry out this vocation of a full-time minister. It's not because, you know, you're, it's, it's not because of anything you did. It's because of the fact that you follow Jesus, that you, you're granted this, right? And then uh, I think the other thing we've made pretty clear, and uh, Peggy and Bill both did a great job with this, that God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can love, right? And I love, I love what Peggy did uh, during her week. She, she talked about agape love and, and how that is really what is meant. And, and actually, Peggy, Peggy went through three chapters of 1 Corinthians in like 20 minutes. So I was very, I'm very jealous about that because I'm going to go through one verse today. I'm going to go through half a verse, and I probably will still end up being late. So, um, but we talked about how God gives us spiritual gifts so that we can, so that we can love people, right? That's the purpose of them. It's not, it's not so that we can feel cool about ourselves. Um, it's not even so that we can see cool things and do cool things. It's really for the sake of loving others. Um, and so as I think about that, coming back to our graphic here, right, and talking about purpose and grace, kind of how we started, um, I think we've done a good job kind of talking about, oops, talking about like three of those, right? Like, like, coming in, that we receive grace. We talked about how God loves us. We're, we're, we're going to flow out of a place where we really deeply know the love of God and, and how when we gain purpose, what that means for us, that we're able to, uh, we're really to, 
able to feel a sense of um, God's, God's favor on us and um, the things that he has for us. And we've also talked a good bit, I think, about grace going out, right? Like that, um, that we're in these places where we're able to communicate God's love to people and that there's this, um, yeah, there's just this, there's this, this grace on it. What I think maybe we haven't talked as much about is this idea of, well, what is exactly the purpose? What's the impact that we're supposed to have? Like, what is that supposed to actually look like? Um, and I think in some ways we, we might shy away almost from, from thinking about that. I think as I've gone through this for myself the last couple of weeks preparing for this teaching, I've found, I found that that's actually maybe the most challenging part is to think about, okay, well then, what, what really is the purpose for the world um, that God has for me. And so, so that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. And uh, to do that, we're going to just use a passage out of Matthew 5. And so this is, if you, you can turn to your Bibles if you want, or, um, or it's up here, Matthew 5, uh, verse 13 to 16. This is Jesus um, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, speaking to his disciples. And he says this, "'You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to the, your Father who is in heaven. All right? And so this morning, I'm not even going to really cover all of that. I'm just going to go through these words right here. You are the light of the world, okay? And we're going to go through that sentence word by word, all right? We're going to just go through that word by word. We're going to talk about each word and um, see, what, see what the Lord wants to say to us, okay? So you guys ready for that? Is that all right? Can we do that? Okay. So first up is you, right? So this is Jesus talking uh, to, to the disciples, the context, if you remember, in Matthew 4, he's been healing, uh, he's been talking and healing and ministering to great crowds, it says. And then at some point, he decides to sort of recess a bit. He goes up this mountain, and as he does that, his, his followers, his disciples, kind of go up the hill with him. And so he's talking now to the group of people, and, you know, some people say it was just 12, or maybe, you know, maybe it was as much as a couple hundred people, but not, not a huge group. He's talking to people who have been following him and who consider themselves to be disciples um, in some form. And he says, you, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And um, this is kind of a, this is a bold statement for Jesus to make, right? I mean, you got to think back here. He's, you know, Jesus has started his ministry but he's talking to a very small group of people, you know? I mean, however you cut it. And he's saying, you, <laughs> you guys sitting right here are the light of the world. Um, this, is, this is not how I would think that you would start, you know, uh, start a ministry necessarily, right? Um, but he's starting small, as we know. And, um, and the other thing he says about you, and this is, this is something that, uh, I don't know, I, I, really, I really felt like was for us. Uh, as a church in the season that we're going through. You know, he says, he uses this phrase, you, and in this exact verse, he's using the singular um, uh, tense of it, but, uh, but in, other, in other parts of the, the Sermon on the Mount here, um, a lot of it is kind of interspersed with plural, right? So he's kind of he's both talking to you as like an individual, 
But maybe even more so, he's talking to you, as in, as in plural, the collective, you followers of Jesus, you are the light of the world, right? Um, and, you know, I think that's something for us, you know, we've been, we've been thinking a lot about here as a church. Like, we've, we've kind of had a tendency, you know, over, over the years, we, we, like to, we like to preach and teach, and we like to focus in on the individual and what is God doing with you specifically, and that is all incredibly important, and we are always going to do that. But it feels like God has really been, um, especially, especially post-COVID, especially in the last year, God has really been um, showing us more and more how to think about things in terms of us, right? What's the we in this? And, and you've seen a little bit of that show up in, in our teaching series here. And so I think when God is talking to us and saying, you are the light of the world, I, I want you to interpret that both as an individual, right? But I definitely want you to interpret that as, as a we, as we as, as a church, we as a body of Christ, you know, in the city and globally, right? We, we are the light of the world, okay? All right, so we'll keep going through the words here. You are, yes, I'm going to keep going word by word. You are the light of the world. Uh, so this is, a, this is an interesting thing that he says too, is because, you know, R is today, right now, right? And it's interesting that Jesus says this to the disciples because at that point, what had they done? Pretty much nothing. It's Matthew 5. <laughs> they had done, they had pretty much followed Jesus around. They'd seen some healings, but they themselves had done essentially nothing. Um, but he says, you are the light of the world. He uses this present tense phrase. And, and it's very clearly that. And, you know, I think, I think for myself when, uh, when I think about this idea of purpose, right, and what, what does God uh, have me do, and, and, and when, when will I kind of feel like I'm in, uh, in the midst of doing God's purposes or being the light of the world, I, I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to um, think about that either in, like, the past tense or in this kind of future ambiguous tense, okay? Um, and I kind of contrast that with the way I think about problems that come up in my life, you know, issues that kind of come up. Those feel very, very present tense, okay? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, uh, I don't know. I could come up with a lot of examples. Um, last week, yeah, this, the week before last, I, you know, got a flat tire, right? I was on my way to go meet someone, and um, all of a sudden, I'm driving out of my driveway, and I'm like, I, have, I clearly have a flat tire. I ran, ran into a nail at some point. And like, is this a big deal? No, not particularly. You know, I had to cancel my meeting. I had to go and change my tire, et cetera. But I felt in that time when my plans were wrecked, and I was like, ah, oh, now I've got to deal with this new thing in my life, this problem, I felt this like very immediacy of it. I felt this present tense, like, Arr, this is not what I wanted. And when and we feel, and that's a small example, but, but we feel our issues in this very sort of present tense way, whereas I think a lot of times we feel our purpose in not a very present tense way, right? We feel it either maybe, for some of you, you feel it in kind of a past tense way. You can remember uh, times in your life where you felt like, oh man, God was really using me so much, and uh, you know, I felt, I felt great. I really knew what my purpose was. But right now, I just, I just don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't feel that, you know. Or I just don't feel it the same way necessarily. Um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, college ministry over the last uh, summer here. 
Um, I've had just kind of, I felt like the Lord has just been bringing that back up for some reason. And, you know, a couple of you guys are, are in college and I've talked to you and it's like, I think back on my college days as being one of those times I was involved with InterVarsity and, um, and we, had a, uh, we had a chapter there that we had a group of people there that uh, uh, really loved the Lord and we felt like we were making this kind of increasing difference on campus um, all four years, which kind of grew and grew and it was just this really sweet time where we got to experience you know, what following Jesus meant together and being able to have this impact. Like I felt you know, I just felt this sense of like, yeah, we're doing, we're doing something really cool here. And so I think about, you know, I think about purpose sometimes in that kind of past tense way, like, oh, yeah, I can remember some times where I felt like I had true purpose and I, I knew what the intent was. Um, or on the flip side, we think about it in this kind of future way, right? Well, someday when I get my act together, <laughs> Or someday when the kids are grown or, you know, I don't have a baby crawling on me or uh, someday uh, fill in the blank when blah, 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 right? Then I'm sure that I'll be able to fulfill the purposes that God has given me for my life, right? Does anybody relate to that at all? Um, Someday, some future tense way. But here's Jesus saying, you are, you are right now, today, you are the light of the world, right? And so that's something that I think we need to grapple with a little bit. That's something that we need to kind of compare ourselves against. Like, is that how we think? Are we thinking about ourselves in this sort of present tense way as being the light of the world, or is it maybe something in the past or something in the future um, I don't know. That's, that can be a challenging thing to do, right? That we are the light of the world. Okay, so we're going to go word for word, right? So I'm going to talk about the. <laughs> really, Caleb? You're going to talk about the word the? Yes, I am. Um, that's what you get to do when, you're, when you have the clicker. So that's the, that's the perk of that. You are the light of the world, right? So what I'll just say about that is that it doesn't say that you are a light of the world. It says you are the light of the world, okay? And again, that is a challenge (laughs) because what that means is that there is not another substitute. You know, you're not a light of the world amongst, you know, a million other possibilities, okay? You are the light of the world. And I think when Jesus told his disciples that, that's exactly how he meant it. He's looking at those guys. There, were, there, was, there was not going to be other people that he was going to sub in and out. He was t- looking at them, and he knew that they were the ones that were going to carry out this, you know, what, what he was wanting to do in the world at that time, right? And I believe that's true for each one of you. I believe that's true for our church. You know, we are the light, right? And we'll get to the, the world part and kind of the scope of that a little bit later, but but the means that there is not an alternative. There is not somebody else <laughs> who's going to come in and do the thing that God has for you to do. You are the light of the world, okay? Um, let's keep going. Light, okay? So this is, this is obviously kind of the central major point here. Uh, this is a Greek word um, called phos, 
And um, this is a little, I think, I think for us, this is in, in Scripture when we're reading, we always have to think back on, okay, what, did it, what would have it communicated in that, in that world, right? And um, for us, light is something that is all over the place. I mean, there's all these lights here that we have in this room that are shining in my face. Um, you know, we, have, we just have light wherever we need it. We flip on a switch, it's there. It's not something that we really think about. In fact, <laughs> in fact, light is sometimes something that we, we city dwellers especially, that we need to escape, <laughs> right? Uh, we need to get out away from the lights and be able to experience uh, uh, something that isn't, isn't the ever-present um, light of, of the city. Uh, we actually, we call it light pollution, right? Um, have you guys, by the way, have you guys ever tried, we, we tried this a few years ago, my kids and I, we, we tried to find the stars. Uh, leaving from St. Louis, we were like, we want to just drive until we can see some stars, because in St. Louis, you can't see that many stars, right? Uh, and so we, we started driving and driving and driving <laughs> and driving, and I, we, drove, we drove literally an hour out of the city, uh, and, and it was still, like, we were still, like, tons of light pollution. It's still very, very not dark. And it was like this kind of realization. It was like, man, we live in a place where it'd be kind of difficult to, to, see, to see the stars. And I was, I, was, I was definitely sad about that growing up in Colorado, where that was, that was, very, it was much easier for me back then. Um, but we have light everywhere, right? There's, there's so much light, we have light pollution. And so we don't think about light in the same way that these guys are thinking about light when they hear this. You know, back in Jesus' day, there's no, obviously there's no light switches around. Right? Light was something that, uh, that was really only brought about by, um, first of all, by, by intent, right? Like it wasn't just going to be around, um, you know, all over the place. You, somebody had to actually, like, turn it, you know, light a candle to get light. And, and it was also something that um, was never abrasive, right? <laughs> you get, we, have, we have light these days. Like, have, have you ever had your iPhone, um, your little... Uh, what is that called? Your flashlight function, right? Have you ever had that like shine in your eyes or something? Somebody's looking, you, somebody's looking for something to shine. That's very, very bright. It's annoying, really. Um, but the light that Jesus is talking about is never like that. It's, always, it's something that's intentionally done, but it's something that gives uh, some, something warm. And, and a lot of times, actually, in Scripture, the same word is used for a fire, right? Like that someone had lit a fire as something that's warm and that's pleasant. And it's making this impact um, that is that is desired, and um, and that without which it would just be completely dark, right? And so Jesus says, "You are the light of the world." And we'll come back to that uh, even even a little bit more, and then let's just talk about the world part, okay? So I'm not going to go through of or the again. All right, I'll spare you that. But um, but of the world, right? And this really is just, you know, just briefly, it's just, it's just everywhere. I mean, the world is, um, it is, it is all things, right? Scripturally, when we, when we see that word, it's really in referencing to all of either humanity or even beyond that, just the entire scope of what we experience in life, the world. Um, it's, it's really kind of in that sense, it's limitless, Right? And I think for me, I see that, and I think, well, Jesus, that's not, you know, I mean, we can't possibly be the light of the world, right? We are, we are very limited, 
how can it be possible that we're the light of the world? Um, and I think he's, we'll, we'll explain that a little bit more, but I think a lot of the reason why he uses that is to kind of break us out of any notion of things being too small, right? Of us limiting down what God could do through us um, to something that is like, you know, very containable and undefinable. Undefi- uh, I think he wants us to have this much more expansive view that says, you know what? You are the light of the whole world. Like that's your, that's the potential scope of things. And, you know, last week I love that uh, Bethany was here with Emily and uh, they did a great job talking about uh, Bethany's experience as a missionary in Japan, right? That's, a, that's an example of the world, right? She went all the way across the Pacific Ocean and became uh, and, and served and had purpose in this totally other part, different part of the world. If you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that. Um, that's the world. But, you know, you don't have to do that, of course. You don't have to be a missionary in another part of the world to still understand that your scope is bigger than what you, uh, than you might think, what you might originally think. And the reason why that's possible is this really interesting thing here. In John 8, Jesus says, if you, so when you hear the term light of the world, actually mostly think of Christmas songs, okay? Light of the world is something that it gets used. Uh, I'm, I'm partial to, uh, to a Lauren Daigle song myself um, called Light of the World. It's great. That speaks of Jesus, and it comes from this. In John 8, uh, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so that phrase that he's using there, I am the light of the world, that is exactly word for word what Jesus is saying to his disciples in Matthew 5 light of the world. Same phrase, right? So Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, and he's also saying that you are the light of the world. You're like, well, how does that work? (laughs) How are we all the light of the world? And of course, if you've been around for church for a long time, you you, you understand where I'm going with this, right? We we reflect Christ. I mean, there's so many different ways of, of, of talking about that metaphorically, you know, how Jesus comes through us, uh, how he works through us, how we're his hands and feet, how we reflect him. You know, I mean, it, it's really just all, all different ways to try to grasp at this concept that Jesus talks about, you know, the vine and the branches, you know, whatever, whatever the metaphor is, to get at this notion that truly Jesus wants you to understand um, that he is the light of the world, he's the light of the world through us, right? And, um, and this is the part here, it says, whoever follows me, will not walk in darkness. And so this is, this is where Jesus really tells us explicitly, like, what's, what's the opposite of light? What's the opposite of having light? It is having darkness. And that is what we experience a lot in life, right? That's what we see in the world a lot, is, is the sense of darkness. Um, and this, these places of hurt and difficulty and, um, you know, war and famine and, you know, high gas prices <laughs> that actually really hurt people a lot and all sorts of other things, right? Um, there, people, each of you in here are walking through difficult things and, and out in the world there's, there's darkness. And, and so that is the context that we have when we, when we talk about light. And so as I kind of start wrapping up here, I want to go back to Matthew 5. And kind of in the last part of the passage there, he says, um, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And now listen to this. Nor do people light a lamp 
and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And, you know, as as I was praying about this and just thinking about this, uh, for us as a church especially, uh, I felt I felt honestly a lot of conviction about it. Um, it's a little a little hard to describe, but I'll do my I'll do my best to summarize uh, just kind of where I feel like we've been and and where it feels like God is moving us towards. But um, you know we've we we had before COVID I think we had a a very clear plan and a very clear idea of uh, kind of where we were going as a church and what we wanted it to look like. Um, I think we had developed, uh, like a lot of churches had developed, um, just kind of, you know, a, a place where people could come and they could feel welcome and they could sit in the seats <laughs> and they could enjoy a good service. And, and then, you know, maybe we would get the chance to minister to them in some deeper ways and, and see, their, see their lives change. And, um, and we, had a, we had a sense of, like, being able to reach into the world uh, but it was, I don't know, it was, there, there, was, there was a part of it that was kind of amiss. And, um, and I think it was amiss in the sense that, uh, you know, really there was a lot happening up front. There was a lot happening sort of up top in, in the leadership. And uh, that's kind of where all the decisions were made. And, um, and, and we kind of had this clear sense of like, this is what, this is what we're doing. And we want to align everything to that. Um, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that, but, but really through the last couple of years, I think the Lord has been trying to show us a different way and a different, um, a different path that is maybe a little bit less about what we do up front here, um, a little less energy about getting everything exactly right on stage and having a place where, you know, people feel, uh, you know, the experience that people have when they walk in here is like this totally, you know, totally easy experience um, to where actually uh, every member, and we've said it over and over again in this series, like to where every person coming in here would actually understand that they're a really necessary part of this whole, right? That it's, that, that nobody, nobody is, that can be really in a, in a situation where we just sit and don't have a purpose. <laughs> Um, in fact, uh, I think one of the things that uh, one of the thing that, things that we said earlier was um, w- the purposes of the spiritual gifts is for the sake of loving others, right? That's what we said. I think the negative of that is also true, that if we are not exercising our gifts, and I mean that for every single one of us, to the extent that we are not exercising the gifts that God has given us in the ways that he's leading us to do it today, that that is actually unloving. It's actually unloving. When you are not exercising your gifts, that is actually not loving. And that's something that, um, that we've got to really pay careful attention to. And so, um, you know, so for, for our church, I think a couple things. One, um, we, we really, I mean, really for at least the past year, if not longer, uh, we've done we've done very little to sort of you know from 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 top level leadership quote unquote from David Stark and and those of us on pastoral council we've done we've done almost nothing to say oh we're going to do this event or we're going to we're going to drive this specific strategy or this agenda we've done that essentially not at all um, 
what we've done is we've asked everyone to really be praying about what God is stirring in your hearts. And what is he doing? What are the things that um, he's bubbling up? And so almost everything that you see, including everything that we announced this morning, everything has been from a place of what's God talking to you about and having, and having that bubble up and having the church come around and support that and give legs to that and, you know, coach and train. And Emily, Emily is mainly the one involved in that, but we're all involved in that in one way or another. And that's been awesome. That has been so awesome. And I think God just wants to take that to a, a more and more of a level uh, than, and, and really more of a level of being able to do it together, right? And to be able to have that we more and more and uh, understanding that it's actually not just, you know, one person who has a vision and they go off and do it, but that there's multiple people and there's teams and there's groups of people who are kind of coming together in order to accomplish the purposes that God has in order to make an impact, right? To be light in dark places, to be willing to go into darkness and bring the light of Christ. I think that's what he's doing with us. And, um, and you know, I have, to, I have to admit there's been times where <laughs> I think especially, uh, especially when we get into places where it fe- things feel comfortable and it's like, yeah, we're well, just kind of floating along and, and we can come together and we all love each other a lot and we can just you know, kind of do life. That's great. But there are times when that comfortability is actually getting in the way of the purposes that God has. And so, um, so this is, you know, honestly for me, it's like I, these are the kind of messages I don't, I don't particularly like doing because it feels challenging to me. You know, it feels like I'm, I'm trying to challenge you in, in some ways and I'm not like somebody <laughs> in prayer earlier were like, I think Annie was saying, don't you guys usually let Bill give the messages where, like, <laughs> that are really challenging? You know, like, yeah, I mean, that's true. Um, but, you know, I felt like the Lord wants to challenge us this morning, right? And are, are there places where we are doing this lighting a lamp and putting it under a basket? Is that happening in some ways in your life? Maybe, maybe that's your whole life. I mean, maybe, that's, maybe that would be characteristic of what is happening in your life entirely right now. Or maybe at least on some level, you, there are things that you're withholding. And I'm running out of time, but uh, I mean, I could give a lot of examples of that for myself. And I mean, even, even right now, I mean, honestly. Um, but that's something that God wants us to wrestle with. And so um, I'm going to bring the worship team up and we'll kind of put a specific invitations on this. And then maybe we can, well, not maybe, we will do prayer. <laughs> but maybe, maybe some of us uh, will get prayer and uh, the Lord can move us forward here. So, uh, so here's the first part of the invitation. Pray that Jesus, uh, pray for Jesus to continue leading us as a church and being the light of the world. Yeah, you know, I, I, I really do think God, is, um, God has given us a great light here. And um, he's given us himself. And he's given us many, many things uh, in, in, in our body specifically and in the ways that we interact with the rest of the body of Christ that are very much alike. And so, you know, we need, we, we need to be able to press into that more, right? We need to be in a place where we're willing to go further into that. And so let's pray for that. Pray for Jesus to keep leading us in how we are alight. Um, actually, I was, I was just thinking, uh, I don't share this, 
that, you know, when we were going through the Gospel with the Poor series, okay, uh, some of you, I've been thinking about how to communicate this, but there were, there were some of you, and you know who you are, who unsolicited, unsolicited by, by anyone, to my knowledge anyways, you, you prayed and you felt like God leading you to give directly to this thing we have called the Benevolence Fund, right? And, um, and you did that, again, unsolicited, and it was, and it was more, than, more than a couple of you did that. And I just thought about it in this context, because it's like, you know, that was a light of the world kind of thing to do. And, and even though we didn't necessarily do something with that right away, over the ensuing months, we've actually been able to engage in um, some benevolent situations with people largely outside of the church who really, really needed help. And we've been able to step into those situations because we, right, together, God was doing something that allowed us to step into those places of darkness. And so that's pretty cool. Um, and so, so we pray for, pray for more of that. And that's not a, that's, by the way, that's not a solicitation or anything. That's just something that happened. And I'm saying, I'm saying thank you. And also, um, just encouragement on that. And then here's the other thing, and this is what we were just talking about. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there are ways that you are covering up the light. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you if there are ways that you are covering up the light. And if there is, hey, let's repent of that. You know, let's say, God, I don't want to. We don't want to do that anymore. And uh, and get prayer for that at some point here. Okay. So let